Hello, and welcome to The Quiet Out Loud. You guys, it has been a minute since I have recorded anything. I think it's been like two months, two and a half months. Um, You know, I originally had just wanted to take a little bit of time away for the holidays, just to spend time with the kids, um, just enjoying family time. So, but that break kind of kept going. Uh, We just have been really busy with just life with kids and just kind of routine changes. So I don't know exactly what the future holds for the podcast, um, just to be very transparent. I love doing the recordings. I love thinking through some of these topics, uh, but it's it's time consuming, you guys. <laughs> it's time consuming. Some of the people that I've talked to in person about it, um, usually one episode is, you know, 12 to 15 pages of writing just because I'm really not that great at ad-libbing or just coming up with, you know, my thoughts off the cuff. So I usually write it all out and then kind of read the transcript or, you know, read the blog post or whatever you want to call it while I record the podcast. So, uh, which is what I'm going to do today. And so that's just a little bit, that, that is a little time consuming as I pursue other creative interests or other jobs or whatever is going on with life. So, um, I did want to record this episode because I had, I had written it already. Um, and I've posted about this on my Instagram page as well. And this is old news. All right. So forgive me because (laughs) this is, this is old news. This happened a a few weeks ago. Now it's probably been like three weeks since the Grammys and we just live in such a fast paced news cycle, unless it's an event that happened in the last you know, 24, 48 hours, it's, it's already gone from our memory. Um, but I still wanted to go ahead and record this, even though this is kind of an, a little bit of an aged event. Um, and the reason why is because I think the perspective and the topic is, is more evergreen, um, than maybe we want to give it credit for. Um, and, what I'm going to talk through is that we see this continuous cycle in our culture of these kind of outlandish or outrageous performances. Um, and people get really worked up about them. Like, oh, look how satanistic that was, or satanic, I think is the, the right word there. Um, look how satanic that was. Um, this is awful. You know, I'm really upset about it again for like 24, 48 hours. And then we move on to the next thing. And then it happens again. And then we're all upset about it again. And then we move on to the next thing. And that's why I think this is more of an evergreen conversation because we're we're living through this cycle. Um, Instead of just taking a step back and saying like, do I need to get really worked up about this every single time it happens? Because I have a newsflash. It's going to keep happening. We're going to keep seeing the entertainment industry act this way. I think, I believe, I mean, they haven't given us any indication to think otherwise. So, um, and in case you're like lost, like what's going on, um, I'm going to talk about the Grammy performance and what can Christians learn from the Grammys, if anything. And these are just some of my takeaways from what was a very kind of anti-God stage show. Um, and cause I am just convinced, and if you didn't watch the Grammys, like that's okay, we're going to talk through it. So, um, I am convinced the more that the entertainment industry tries to disprove or oppose God, it's not really necessarily trying to always disprove God, but more really 
adamantly oppose him, uh, the more that they reveal him. Because the devil cannot put himself center stage without also admitting to God's existence and ultimate authority. And like I said, I've shared some of this on Instagram, but I just, I wanted to recap it for a podcast episode as well, for those that don't necessarily participate much on social media. And in case you missed the Grammys, like, don't worry, because so did I, I honestly can't even remember the last time I watched a nationally televised awards show, like I really don't care. Um, that said, I do usually see or catch some of the aftermath the next day after these shows, whether it be, you know, the fashion choices, good or bad, or maybe the, again, like what we're going to talk about today, which is the shock over a provocative performance. And this event seemed to contain both. Um, primarily, there were a lot of gender bending fashion um, happening on the red carpet. Um, and then an extremely provocative song performance by Sam Smith. Um, let's quickly recap the song performance so you don't have to watch it. Um, the song's name, the name of the song that Sam Smith um, performed was Unholy. That's the name of the song, Unholy. And it is performed by two artists, uh, Kim Petra and Sam Smith. While the song Unholy was performed at the Grammys, Sam, who identifies now as non-binary and Seems to has uh, seems to as of late become much more feminine in his appearance and attire. Um, has been in the news recently for another music video to a different song called "I'm Not Here to Make Friends," and that video um, has received a ton of criticism in the last several weeks for its over the top. Uh, queer and sexual content. It's a video full of scantily clad, you know, quote unquote, glamorous drag queens, just kind of grinding all over each other. I tried to watch it for the sake of this podcast because I'd seen a lot of people just posting about how horrible it was, but I honestly like couldn't even finish the video. Um, I really do not need to watch a transgender sex fantasy being played out on my screen. So he has been in the news for that song, but this other song, Unholy, has also been a big hit over the last several months. Um, and again, he performed it with Kim Petra, who also sings in the song, who honestly I had never heard of. Like, I'm old, you guys, you know, <laughs> like in my... 40s now. Like, I don't know all of the like up and coming singers and um, performers and actors and actresses. So I had never um, heard of this person, but this is apparently a trans woman singer who accompanies Sam on their hit track, Unholy. So that kind of sets the stage for this Grammy performance. Chan transgenderism is definitely the theme in case you missed it. I'm not sure how you could, but just to be sure. Um, and the song Unholy is about a husband and father who leaves his wife and children at home to do something, quote unquote, unholy, which is apparently visit a transgender strip club brothel burlesque show type thing based on what I can gather from that, um, music video. Um, so this is what, you know, this is what I can gather from the lyrics and the music video clips. And this is what I want to first point out here by calling this type of activity, this, you know, um, father and husband, you know, you know, doing this by calling this type of activity 
unholy, you are admitting the opposite of these actions are in fact holy. He could have named the song unfaithful or cheater or any number of things. I find the word choice of holy, like frankly, fascinating because I would agree, Sam, being in a faithful heterosexual marriage is holy ground. Why? Because it's God ordained. And by choosing the word holy, you are choosing to bring God into the conversation. This is the oldest trick in Satan's book. Make a holy, God-fearing life look drab and boring, and an unholy life look like a cornucopia of fleshly pleasures. As an interesting um, just side note, he also has a song on his new album that all of these songs are on. He has um, called Gloria, and it sounds like a church choir. Like, why is he so insistent on bringing God into his music? Is it to mock or is it to trick? I don't know. The Grammy stage performance of the song Unholy didn't focus on the story of the lyrics, though. Um, So the story of the lyrics and the music video kind of do match, but the Grammy performance of the song on stage didn't tell that story. Instead, um, the Grammy performance of the song Unholy was like some sort of like sexual fetish of a satanic ritual or seance. It has had dark lighting and creepy covered faces and solid red outfits and, you know, devil horns and contorted dancing in a circle around Sam, who is dressed as some sort of like transgender devil while Kim Petra uh, writhed in a giant birdcage, which if you know all the symbolism behind like bird cages and stuff and in the distance, like in the background, she's in this giant birdcage. And of course there was fire because obviously you cannot have a depiction of hell without a lake of fire. Um, it's just Satan works so hard to make eternal damnation look so appealing. And surprisingly, I mean, honestly, surprisingly, the reporting of this performance has mostly been negative, which does give me some hope for the world. But outside of some of the typical shock and horror, what are some of the takeaways from this event we can glean as Christians? Because it, it, like I said, like I started out by saying, it feels like we're kind of in this, like this lifetime cycle of being shocked by Hollywood. Then we move on. Then they do something else and we're shocked again. And the cycle just continues. What? It's like, just, can we take a step back and ask like, what else can we learn from these types of events and how can we use them to point back to God? Now I've been told via some Instagram comments that there is nothing to learn. There's nothing to learn that Christians can take away or learn from these types of events, that the only appropriate reaction or commentary is one of disdain, horror, and rejection, which I don't disagree. Like those are absolutely appropriate reactions. I, you know, I view this performance with disdain, horror, and rejection. Um, And that should absolutely be publicly called out as an evil performance. We're on the same page. Okay. But I disagree that we can't learn from this and use it to point the world to God. Um, 
you know, Christians could actually learn something from the recent Grammy performance, not in terms of emulation. I'm, I'm not suggesting you mimic their actions or behavior or dress or ideologies, but I kind of had this epiphany as I was watching these clips from the performance and looking at these ridiculous outfits from the red carpet and thinking to myself, like, who would wear this? Like, who would act like this? Don't they realize like how dumb they all look? Like all of America is going to see this and hate it. And then I realized these people do not care. They don't care. They are so lost and so sold out and so deceived. These people are openly and unabashedly proclaiming their faith. They are dancing and singing and looking like completely and just looking completely stupid for their gods and their ideologies and the things that they worship. As I was kind of thinking through this for myself um, and thinking like, you know, how they look so ridiculous and everyone is going to say that they look ridiculous and they just don't care. And it just, I kind of had this thought of like, when was the last time I didn't care? Like, when was the last time I just didn't care what people thought of me? Like, when was the last time I danced unashamedly before God, you know, like when was the last time I gave zero cares what others think about my faith? and proclaimed it publicly and loudly for all to see and hear. When was the last time I simply like raised my hands in surrender and worship surrounded, <laughs> surrounded by fellow believers, like not even, you know, people of the world, just like fellow believers or even alone because the other side, like these people are not ashamed. They're not ashamed. They're not afraid or quiet or private. You know exactly who they bow down to. Can the same be said for me? Like for us, Like, is it obvious who I worship and serve? I mean, I hope so, but am I I just as unashamed? Like, does that make sense to you guys? Like, again, I'm not saying like emulate, uh, you know, a a seance or a satanic ritual at all, but there is this, um, you know, even to act, you know, like necessarily uh, foolish, but there is this idea of like, they're just, they just don't care. So like, why do I care what these people think about me? Like, if I look dumb to them, like, should I care? Because they, they don't like these people are more than willing to be undignified and humiliate themselves for the sake of their gods, the God of self, the God of money, the God of fame and fortune, God of gender, rather than becoming increasingly steadfast and bold though, I feel like I just see Christians continue to kind of water down the gospel so that it's more attractive. Meanwhile, the the enemy isn't diluting anything, like quite the opposite, actually, like it's like more brazen and more bold. And are we as brave, proud, and pervasive about our faith as the Hollywood elites and the entertainers are about theirs? Or are we scared of being judged or canceled or called names? Do we water down our faith or do we double down? Again, I'm not saying you have to, this is what people got really hung up on, on Instagram is like, you know, uh, that I was saying, you need to go out and act like these people. I'm not saying go out and act like them or mimic them in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying like, look at their, um, lack of fear of judgment, I guess is what I would say. So I would encourage you to look at just a few pictures from the Grammys. If you haven't, again, it's like happened three weeks ago now, I think, but this is a representation of the agenda that wants to shut you up. They do not care about offending you or upsetting you or you laughing at their choices. So stop caring what they think in return. 
Do not let a man who's pretending to be a girl dressed in a sequin rainbow jumper designed for a toddler shut you up. So no, I'm not saying act like these people, but I am saying don't be embarrassed of God. Don't be ashamed to worship him. Stop caring what this crowd thinks of you. Like put on your dancing shoes and put your pride to the side because you have a God that is worthy of praise and worship. Because while the specific performance was demonic, that doesn't mean that music or dancing or celebrating is when it's directed at the right audience, when it's directed at the one true God. Look at the story of David. Look at the story of David in Second um, Samuel chapter six, verses fourteen through twenty-three. I read this a few weeks ago. It has really been stuck in my mind since because it was kind of triggering for me. And I hate to use the word triggering, but by triggering, I mean convicting. <laughs> it was con- a little convicting for me when David becomes king and is bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. This is what the scripture says: "Is wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing the ark of the Lord with." bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. And what happens next? What happens next? Dave, one of David's wives sees him and is, she's, she's like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? She's so embarrassed for him. So she confronts him and she chastises him for causing a scene and basically looking silly. Like he doesn't, he know he's a king. Like how, how dare he look so silly dancing and praising God. Like this is not how a king should act. And David's response is so good. He says, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. So again, dancing shoes, pride to the side. The reason this was so convicting for me is because it forced me to ask myself, do I have this heart posture, this heart posture that David had, or am I embarrassed because I care what other people think? Y'all, I have been in church settings where people have suggested to actually not lift your hands during praise and worship because it will scare off the new people. I want to draw a parallel for you between the Grammy performance and David's dancing because both can be viewed as undignified or humiliating, right? There is a parallel because it's not the praise and worship that's evil. It's the target of the praise and worship and its execution. And there's a par- there is a parallel because Satan is an unoriginal hack. He is not a creator. All he does is take what God says is good and turns it inside out and upside down. It sort of kind of looks like what God created, but distorted. And this is why sometimes it's hard to discern between good and evil. The Grammy performance wasn't evil because there was singing and dancing. It was evil because of the target of the worship and the execution through over-sexualization, demonic imagery, and the distorting of God's creation of male and female. The Sam Smith Grammy performance points us to God in three ways. One, it demonstrates the biblical principle that humanity was created to worship. We can't help but worship because we were purposefully designed for it. We may not always worship the one true God, but we all bow down to something. It's perfectly fitting that right after the performance, Madonna posted a statement in support of the performance and ended it with bow down bitches. And I'm sorry, me using that word is offensive to people. I'm just reading her quote, but I thought it was, you know, um, just perfectly fitting for, because she said, bow down. 
CBS responded to the Sam Smith tweet about his upcoming performance that they were quote unquote ready to worship. It's just, it's the best when they inadvertently openly confirm their agenda and they're confirming that we were created to worship. Madonna's telling you to bow down. CBS is saying they're ready to worship, but they're not doing those things to God. Two, it demonstrates the biblical principle that humanity is fundamentally prone to sin. Even further, it shows when we fail to direct our worship to God and we replace him with false gods, we fall deeper and deeper into degeneracy. Just look at Sam's uh, transformation over the years. He went from you know being a pretty normal looking guy to now I overweight, transgender, non-binary, I don't know if he's transgender, but non, non-binary person. And the same thing happens again, when we're in this cycle of these performances, they just kind of get worse and worse and worse over time. Three, it confirms the biblical principle of God's holiness. The performance was overtly satanic and this song name is unholy. Something can't be satanic and unholy unless God and holiness also both exist because God is the only being that is inherently holy. Therefore, glorifying unholiness can only be interpreted as glorifying being apart from what is godly. Let me say that again. Therefore, glorifying unholiness can only be interpreted as glorifying being a part from what is godly. There is no reason to work so hard to be unholy if God doesn't exist. So thank you, Sam, for acknowledging that God exists, although I'm quite certain you did so unwittingly. Even non-believers, non-Christians have watched this performance and come to the conclusion that something evil was on display, that it was inappropriate and and aptly named unholy. How is it that even non-believers are identifying this performance as demonic and evil? They don't even believe in God, right? Like you can't believe in Satan, demons, and evil without by default also believing in God, angels, and holiness. In order for the performance to be evil and unholy, God and holy also have to exist. You can't conduct satanic worship without at the same time confirming God's existence. And if God exists, well, you'd better reckon with that. Just because something can point us to God doesn't mean that that thing is necessarily pleasing to God or should be emulated. Like, hear me on this. I believe he hated that performance. And Christ followers, we should be upset by it as well. From what I've seen, most people thankfully are. But that performance or this type of performance is not new. Similar things have been happening on concert stages and award shows for decades, forever, actually. This Grammy performance is basically Exodus 32 on full display. It is not new. If you're not familiar with Exodus 32, this is the scene where Moses is up in the mountains, like receiving the Ten Commandments, and he comes back down. And um, the Hebrew people have, you know, created this golden calf and are singing and dancing and worshiping to that. And this has been happening forever. Like this is not new. Honestly, I'd call the unoriginality and repetitiveness of Satan's schemes like borderline comical. The word laughing stock used in Exodus is pretty fitting. Um, However, the consequences will be anything but funny. 
Again, thank you, Sam, for replicating a biblical lesson from the Old Testament so that we all know what worshiping a golden calf looks like in today's culture. For reminding us that the devil does not have new tricks. He can only take what was designed by and for God, praise and worship, and try to disfigure it into something unholy. Lastly, Thank you for clearly identifying gender and sexuality as a golden calf so that people can wake up and plead forgiveness for their idolatry before it's too late. God, you are the great redeemer. You make all things new. I just pray that you would reclaim and restore your people unto yourself for your purposes. Thank you, Jesus, for like Moses after the golden calf, you plead before the throne of God on our behalf. May this performance backfire in the most holy way by pointing people to you. Amen. Okay, you guys, just to end this, um, I, like I said, I wrote this, I wrote this maybe two weeks ago and it's just have been sitting on it. And I, I had this prayer at the end, may this performance backfire in the most holy way by pointing people to you. And I would like to say there is now a viral revival going on at a college. And I know I'm not here. I'm not going to do a whole podcast episode on that. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, mixed feelings about that revival amongst Christians. And I, I haven't necessarily taken the time to deep dive, but I do want to say that if, if we can, if we can point the world to God through a horrific uh, Grammy performance, we can most certainly point the world, the world to God through an imperfect revival as well. Um, again, and, and maybe the revival is perfect. I don't even know, but um, it's probably not because it's being um, put on by humans and we're, we, we are imperfect, but, you know, um, I just find it interesting timing that we have just seen so much evil, you know, so much evil on display in the world as of late. And now we have this revival that has gone viral and is breaking out at this college and expanding and, and growing. So um, take heart today, take heart uh, when you see evil in the world, because, uh, you know, Jesus has conquered it all. All right, guys, thank you guys so much for listening today. And I'd love to hear from you. So please be sure to reach out um, either in the comment sections on Substack, please subscribe to my Substack if you haven't already. Um, so in the comment sections on Substack, you can reply to this podcast, this podcast, <laughs> this podcast, and we can have a conversation about it. Or of course, you're always, um, you know, able to reach out to me via social media on Instagram. All right, guys, thank you so much.